Welcome to the New Flesh Podcast. My name is Jonathan Astro. This is Cyber Cinema. With me is Ricky Allpike and AJ. Hi there. How are you guys? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into this. Today's Sporky. <laughs> Let's do it. Sporky's. 20th Century Fox would like to introduce you to Pee Wee and his pals. Tommy, Mickey, Tim, and the biggest man on campus. Why do they call you meat? Because it's so big? When they're not in class, they're into everything. But what they'd like to get into most is a place called Porky's. I left my idea. Here, use this one. That's my Bible school card. Unfortunately, we can only show you the outside of Porky's. Because what goes on inside is not to be believed. Boy, the locker room. Oh, it turned me on. We'd like to show you more of the locker room. But this kind of physical education just isn't taught. We can't show you more of the shower scene. Because what they're looking at isn't watered down. They want us to look. They want us to look. Porky. You too will be back for a second look. Okay, I'm ready. You got a synopsis for me, uh, Ricky, or what? I do. Yes, I have prepared a synopsis uh, for your listening pleasure. Porky's is a 1981 sex comedy written and directed by Bob Clark about the escapades of teenagers in 1954 at the fictional Angel Beach High School in Florida. Each boy in a group of high school students plans to lose his virginity. They go to Porky's, a strip club in the Everglades, believing that they can hire a prostitute to satisfy their sexual desires. The club's owner, Porky, takes their money but humiliates the boys by dumping them into the swamp. When the group group demands their money back, the sheriff, Porky's brother, drives them away, but not before he extorts them for the rest of their money, further embarrassing them. After one of the boys, Mickey, who's returned to Porky's for revenge, is beaten so badly he has to be hospitalized, the gang becomes hell-bent on exacting revenge on Porky and his brother, uh, eventually sinking Porky's establishment into the swamp. Porky and his men, joined by the sheriff, chase the group, but the boys make it across the county line out of Porky's brother's jurisdiction, where local police officers and the high school marching band meet them. This film has three subplots, which we'll most definitely get into later in the podcast for sure, but one involves uh, three of the boys, Tommy, Billy and Pee Wee, peeping on female students in the girls' uh, locker room shower. The second subplot involves Coach Brackett taking an interest in attractive Coach Honeywell, played by Kim Cattrall, ending in two of them having sexual relations in the boys' equipment room after Cattrall's character gets turned on by the smell of dirty laundry. That's in the synopsis. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's Keep in going. my synopsis, buddy. All right. Okay. <laughs> the third subplot involves... Um, involves uh, one of the boys' anti-Semitic attitudes towards a Jewish classmate that climaxes in a fist fight. So how did I do on my synopsis there? It was, it was uh, complete. <laughs> it was wonderful. 
<laughs> so what what do we think of uh, Porky's? How was well? Let's let's start big. What what are, what are our what are our first thoughts? Well, I think this can be summed up uh, by my wife's reaction, which was, "It's a real movie." She's like, "Oh, this one's a real movie." <laughs> what, we always watch. What is she talking about? The Beach Girls is a real movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, she seemed to think that the Beach Girls and Hard Bodies and fuck, what else have we seen? The Wraith, or maybe not the Wraith so much. Um, were not not memorable and uh, right. were not real movies. <laughs> well, lacked lacked plot and character. Maybe that is a fascinating read. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. That's AJ. What are, what are you thinking? I oh, I don't think I've actually seen it until the other night. This happens a lot though. Like there's a lot of these movies are you know well, the more well known ones. They have reputations that precede them and you sort of mm. feel like you've seen them or you've seen sequels or you've seen bits of them, seen parts, and then when you actually watch it, you go, have I seen this movie? Have I? Like I had, I had a bit of a different reaction. I have seen it, but I don't think I've ever watched it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I've, right. Like I've, I, I've, I've certainly, it's been on and I've, and I've done my best, but this is the first time I actually paid attention and was like, oh, okay, I've seen it now. Mm. Mm. So now that you have seen it, AJ, what did you make of it? Oh, I thought there'd be more giggles. I thought I'd laugh more. Oh, no. So I'm really sad. Really? Yeah. But there were there were moments in the film that were hysterical, though, like the the the, the shower peeping <laughs> with with the glory hole. <laughs> that is a good scene. Iconic. That is a good scene. That was pretty funny. But I must say, I was I laughed way more in Hard Bodies. Yeah. Like I, I just I don't know. I I tend to agree with AJ about this. I look, and there's so much. There's lots of positive stuff to talk about. In Definitely. But I feel like I've never really loved this movie, and I didn't I like. I I liked it more this time than I have in the past. But I, I'm oh. trying to diagnose what it is about it. I'm really glad that you said that because I thought I was going to be on the outer today, and I felt bad about it. I thought was I just <laughs> in a bad mood, and I wasn't. Because yeah. you know how when you watch something and then you think, oh, no, it's it's how you were feeling has made you feel like this. Mm-hmm. I really tried hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not quite sure. I can only use other films as a gauge, I suppose. Now, uh, I think for me, I'm not in love with, an, with these 1950s throwbacks. Like I feel like that, you know, but then again, people will be saying the same thing about 1990s throwbacks, you know, um, uh, and I get that. Maybe the different eras have a different... But there are other. I, I I like certain throwbacks. And well, I love Greece though. I shouldn't say that. I love Greece. <laughs> but but you know, I feel like this 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 American graffiti thing is is um, you know, we saw it in the Last American Virgin as well. You know, they were doing a bit of this sort of thing, and the Wraith actually did a little bit of it too. You know, mm. the drive-ins and whatnot. Uh, uh, but I, I'm not in love with that aesthetic. But I think it's just the characters for me. The characters here are less interesting and less memorable than, say, Revenge of the Nerds. You know what mm. I mean? Like, uh, I I don't identify. There's something also harder edged about this film. It's a bit grimy, maybe because like Porky is disgusting, mm. He's <laughs> yeah. disgusting pig of a man, and and his establishment's filthy too. It's it's super oh. gross. Like, do you, I don't want to see titties in his disgusting joint. <laughs> no. I don't. Oh. It's, yeah, I don't want to see. I don't want to see a, a, a um, five chicks all tethered together being <laughs> led, being led by a, a dwarf cowboy. 
around Actually, the place. I did love that. And and he has he has actual pigs walking around his establishment. As yeah. Well. No. No, well, he's committed. He's he's got his name. <laughs> it must his smell. Brand. It must smell awful in there. Oh, it stink. So he's got. But he's got the car. He's got a car with the pig, the pig mobile or whatever the oinkmobile with a horn that goes. Like does a pig sound, <laughs> and it's got a hood ornament on it that they that they blow off with the shotgun at the yeah. end. Uh, are you sad? Aren't you? Aren't you a little bit satisfied though when they stick it to Porky and they destroy his establishment and get away with it? Like. Yeah, that's that's satisfying. It was, yeah, yeah, and and I think that that yeah, absolutely, uh, I of course, of course, and and um, but I think that yeah, I think that that just something about it has never really sat sat right with me. Was there too many guys? It seemed like yeah, like a pack rape movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little hard to keep track of them. Yeah, uh, from time to time, like I know, I know, all, all, like all the characters of Avengers, you know, it's like by name. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And they're all very distinct, you know. Yep. Uh, yep. And, uh, you know, even the two leads. Whereas this, I've always gotten a bunch of these guys mixed up, you know. Like, like obviously, Pee Wee and, and Meat stick out and now yep. Brian sticks out. But the other guys, you just go, oh, maybe it's really difficult. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, maybe that's been, that's just because I'm not quite sure. Apart from a couple of them, I'm not quite sure what their wants and needs and desires are you know what i mean like they don't mm. really have clear so they do sort of blend you know and um and that that is that is a bit of a problem um you know and uh but yeah anyway but 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 this is fascinating like so aj and i are cool on it but you did were you and Venga both on board loving it the whole way yeah well it's the first time i've seen it so right i i had a good time you know yeah so where where the sticks in the mud Oh, yeah, I, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I think yeah, I think you are. <laughs> <laughs> but we did actually pause it and rewind it because my partner Frank really enjoyed when Kim Cattrall told off the Beast Woman. Oh. And called her a frigid hippopotamus. Yes, Frank <laughs> lost it. <laughs> that, um. but isn't that like <laughs> that's great? That's great because these movies have such a hatred of ugly BBWs. <laughs> like, it's just a, a a complete mission. They are just like like that scene was really stark because it was like. A, a young, just hot, super hot woman just saying, just getting up and saying, fuck you, you fat, <laughs> ugly dickhead. Just get out of this movie. <laughs> like, stop, stop unhotting this movie. <laughs> you know, you're disgusting and you should go and die. <laughs> and then we all go, ha, 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 ha. Yes, it's just like life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is this film set in the American Institute of Sport or something? Like, <laughs> none of the students seem to take any classes a- a- apart from basketball and cheerleading. That's true. 
a good point. Uh, I feel like, yeah, that obviously they just stayed well away from that and just, just stuck. Well, they wanted PE. They wanted all the PE gags and stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. They wanted the locker rooms. Locker room talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really interesting with the review that you sent through All Pike when it mentioned mm-hmm. that the girls were just as crude as the boys. And that was true. That is, yeah, yeah. and I that, thought that was really good. I completely agree. That is, that's that is what makes this movie unique. Mm. Wendy and her girls. That is, uh, that is. All films should make a contribution, and I feel that the contribution of this movie is uh, Wendy's hashtag complicit uh, yeah. attitude <laughs> and her, <laughs> her enabling of these pigs. <laughs> In, internalized misogyny. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Well, I, th- I think it's interesting that the girls in the class share the boys' sense of humor. Definitely, mm. like they they rag on the blokes just as much as the blokes rag on each other, and that's one of the things I kind of like about it is that mm. um, there's a lot of characters getting ragged on and ragging on each other, but it's done in a good-hearted way, and and everybody remains friends. I agree uh, with that. Mm. The yeah. pranks were charming, and actually that. And dare I say, I got pangs of, of 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 sort of longing for these pranks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like mm. there was like a camaraderie and and this. Some, I really did get this. I was like, oh wow! I, I think that the director, you know, because as you get older and you get and you get um, responsibilities and get busy in that, you don't, you can't just hang around in a big. Uh, sort of heterogeneous group, um, and you know, with because you sort of become a bit more discerning, you know, for better or worse when you get older. So you you do shave off the the, the people you say you don't like, but that means you don't get this sort of uh, bustling group of young friends who are all chiming in and doing pranks and taking risks and you know bonding. And so I that was that was dare I say uh, you know de- definitely done you know by Bob Clark. Mm. So, I mean, it is a shame. Like, Wendy's strong, but at the same time, she's handed around like a joint at a party. Yeah. Yeah. Past that particularly at the end where oh, they're yeah. like, all right, it's time for Pee-wee, Pee-wee to pop his cherry. Come on, help him out. Help him out here. Just, you know. I always find I remember, I think Pee-wee's boner at the beginning of the movie is just <laughs> uncalled for. No, <laughs> I love that so? part. I love that. I love the morning wood. I love that he measured it. <laughs> I, lo- I love that part. You love that he has a chart underneath underneath his mattress yeah. and he, the stats are showing that it's getting smaller. <laughs> again. I loved it. Again, all these movies are obsessed <laughs> with guys measuring their dicks. <laughs> measuring their dicks, oh, you know? Yeah. Get, this movie really did capture the the pre-internet uh, sex fever. You know what I mean? That people oh, yeah. are in. Like, like if they're just because all of these hijinks are driven by, you know, no, obviously, yeah, no hookup, no hookup apps, no pornography, like, you know, no mm. easily accessible pornography. So what that means is um, you are you are motivated and engaged to do mad shit. So, you know, you're going to, you're going to do, they do all these heists and hijinks to, to, to try and score, you know? Yeah. So. Give me pussy or give me death oh. was a quote. That was, <laughs> that was stark, a stark <laughs> message. Well, there wasn't as many titties, but then we got to see a, lo- a fair bit of full frontal. We got to see some bush, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. we got to see. So so let's talk about the shower scene. It's yeah. quite amazing. It's amazing. No, You've well, got to admit that it's, it's amazing. 
Well, the setup is is it's a whole plot. So the um, three of the characters are desperate to see uh, the the mm-hmm. the Wendy and her troop naked. So they've snuck behind the showers and found a hole in the wall or under the the taps or whatever, and they peer through and they keep missing. They miss the the you know the girls. The, the timing's wrong. And the second time they hit pay dirt and they just see it's it is it is like goes from zero to a hundred like in a movie with you know any fleeting glances. Just this one shot was just like mm. endless uh, soapy flesh. You know, <laughs> there I yeah, say. that was bush for days. It was Bushman Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, very, very, very striking. And um, and then um, and again, the, the hijinks continue because the girls are like, they're not like. Whereas now, I think the UN would get involved, and you know, Emma, what's her face, would Hermione Granger would do a speech in front of the UN about <laughs> about what had gone on in the shower. Uh, but uh, but in this thing, the Wendy just they just put their cows and they go you pervs, and they just like. You know what I mean? And it's just another day in the office. It's just (laughs) fun and games. All right. Well, there's no reason for the banter to stop, you know. That's right. (laughs) It's simple. I peep on you in the shower and it's all fun and games. All right. Let's not don't get all bent out of shape about it. But you know, they, they, they take it in they take it in good spirits, you know, when the guy sticks his tongue through the peephole and they they come up to him and they put soap on his tongue. You know, they're just a part of the hijinks. And then he says, I'll show you or whatever, and pops his winky through, at which point the uh, uh, Miss Ballbreaker, <laughs> Balbreaker, <laughs> he comes in and, you know, the girls exit and Balbreaker uh, does a, a low m- masculine guttural sound. <laughs> <laughs> As she's running towards it, grabs his winky, and that's quite brilliant because the only way she needs to call for help before, like, to get someone to come, she can't let go of his winky. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he went there. So he escapes, and she spends the rest of the movie uh, wanting to identify the winky. Uh, and, well, wasn't that the greatest scene when she goes to talk to the principal yeah. of the school? The Me Too says, HR scene. Yeah, we need we need to have a lineup. I can identify this this student by his by his what did you call it? Tallywhacker. Tallywhacker. Yes. Let's call it. Let's call it the don't believe all women scene. <laughs> she went to. There was three men in the office. She sat down, told them about the sexual assault that she had, uh, in, you know, been party to. And um, they laughed in her face and she suggested that, you know, very, very, you know, I think appropriately that she could conduct a penis lineup (laughs) (laughs) and that she could identify, correctly identify the penis. And then they said things like um, they made many puns, Todger-related puns. (laughs) They also suggested that perhaps they should uh, bring in a a crime scene sketch artist. <laughs> <laughs> but and no, and look, to put a bow on it, the greatest, I must say, I do love a one, two, three. The wonderful thing is she she appears at the end and grand and like and desperate to get get, get uh, that, uh whichever character's pants down to see his 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 tallywhacker. And like that, that, you know, she's sort of restrained by the by the cops or whatever. And you you do get the feeling, and she's raving like a mad woman, and you get the feeling <laughs> that she's gonna be arrested. Yeah. Which I do like. 
I do like that. I love it when people of authority, like you know, like are made foolish. They did, yeah, yeah, they did, and and the implication, and they drag her away. The implication is like she's assaulted him. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. so it's it's um, I mean, you know, it's a blow to all women, but it was funny, you know. <laughs> and I think it it's. Funny. I think it's quite reasonable that that would be the outcome after being a teacher for that long. I could definitely see myself falling into that trap of just being a pig woman, just (laughs) trying to hunt the cock, young cock. (laughs) 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 I I felt for her. (laughs) Bell bricker. Bell bricker. Maybe that's what happens to Miss Honeywell or whatever. Yeah. She turns into a cock-craving spinster. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Actually, (laughs) should we talk about Honeywell for a second? Kim Cattrall, I I have a theory. I think Kim Cattrall is the the queen of the 80s. I feel like her involvement in Police Academy, Mannequin, uh, Big Trouble in Little China, you know, and this film sort of cements her as being a key figure. Do you know what Mm. I mean? To go across all very iconic 80s films. Um. And she is again super hot in this movie, uh, and um, yeah, she's a kink. She's a kink. Mm. She's got. She's upset. Like there's this. So that gag is so drawn out, though. The guys oh, are like, yeah. "Fucking hell!" They're like, "Oh, get her up in the room and see what yeah. happens," you know. So, so the one coach keeps referring to her as Lassie, and mm. and 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 the other coach doesn't know why and is trying to figure it out. And he suggests that oh, you just need to get her up. You just need to get her up into the uh, into the gym, uh, into the uh, what is it? It's a equipment room. Up into the equipment room, and and you'll find out. You'll find out. Yeah. And he did find out. Yeah. And she, and she did like high pitched, you know, <laughs> howling during coitus. She gets turned on though by the smell of sweaty young young men and their sweaty. Equipment, yes, which 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 I don't think um, in the modern from a modern perspective is is controversial at all. Like 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 if someone would have to to start, I mean I'm not saying that everyone. Well, I, well then again, like it's it's just biology. It's like you just go well, yeah, you you know. It's like that guy says in uh, Anchorman, Mr. Musk. I I don't know. I think it's a bit of a myth, this whole pheromone thing. I didn't say pheromones. Don't you accuse me of Pete Evans' pseudoscience. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm just saying that body odor of the of the of the sex you are attracted to, uh, or whatever, is is um it's on the cards. You know, it's we're animals. (laughs) We're into it. We're pigs. We're we're porkies. Uh, didn't didn't Napoleon encourage his wife not to shower? No, he said he said I'm coming home from the front. Don't ba- don't don't you know don't wash don't bathe you know. So mm. he knew what the school was. Stank. <laughs> 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 and this is this is olden day pussy too. That's, so you that's know exactly they only took a bath girl. once a week. Yes, yes. No, he knew he knew what the school was back then. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine her riding that little guy. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Medusa. Yeah. No, no, no. Look, let's face it. We've said it before. He was rich, you know? Yeah, and powerful. And powerful. And um, it wasn't about his his he was Pee-Wee when you think about it. Oh yeah. He was Pee-Wee. He was no meat. No, meat. Meat is big <laughs> and gross. No, I'd still fuck meat. He doesn't oh have my to God. talk. He doesn't have to talk. 
actually, that AJ. So, <laughs> who of the guys do you find uh, acceptable? Unacceptable, you know, uh, target me. Yeah, is he the main one? The meathead. Yeah. What about yeah. the other ones? Nah, they're too. They're too lafemme. <laughs> uh, so you don't want Harry Styles in the summer dress. Mm. He he's kept a hairy chest though. Good old Harry. Oh really? I think so. So that's at least. But so some. No, but that's fascinating because I mean I look at the guys and I'm just like I don't know, I don't know even what I'm looking. They all just look like yeah, forgettable. Yeah, I don't know what I'm looking at. You yeah. know, and these guys, all of them. So. Whereas meets advertising, advertising yeah. what he's got. Mm, yeah, the the two central gags of the film. Think about it. I think when you're pitching it, you say set in the fifties. You know, revenge on a on a on a sort of a dirty old saloon guy. The main kids, uh, you know, one guy's got a really big dick. One guy's got a really <laughs> tiny dick. <laughs> Sold. We call that a binary opposition. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was very successful, by the way. Low budget, like, you know, was only made for, was it $4 million or something? And made like fucking 120 or some shit? Oh, yeah. I've got, I've got, uh, I was going to bring this stat out when I talked about some trivia, but uh, it was the highest grossing movie in Canada for 24 years. What? Blame Canada. Yes. That was a 24-year record. That's fucking insane. Yeah. And it's the first movie to gross over a million pounds at the Irish box office. Wow. Despite, hang on, despite having been banned initially and only released after appeal. That's probably why they wanted to yeah, go see it. Yeah, definitely. You know, that helped it really. Yeah. It's banned and then it's unbanned. Everyone's going to go see it. Everyone's going to get it at Porky's. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is the. <laughs> This is the this is the stuff that gets lost. I think the con- the context is that you know you watch it and you just go oh yeah and you could compare it to any other film but really it's a triumph you know because if it's made for four million five million dollars and you can tell that it that it was made you know um, for for the time on the cheap you know what I mean um, and to for it to smash one hundred and sixty million at the box office or whatever and to have two sequels you know straight after or whatever that is huge that is huge like and bob, bob clark i feel doesn't get the credit he deserves like people people are such fucking snobs like th- this guy the the facts are this guy has made three contributions to cinema like th- three proper contributions porkies is one um black christmas is another which is i you know, if anyone can stand horror movies out there, I guarantee, I, like, Black Christmas is an outstanding horror film from the 70s. Like, predates Halloween. It's one of the first slasher horror films, and it, and it's genuinely scary. Like, I don't say that a lot about the, about horror movies. Black Christmas is great, and then the third one is A Christmas Story, which is a cult classic. So, uh, I mean, that is, that is you know, way more than you, you could expect of, of anyone. Do you know what I mean? And I, he's just this one of these guys that, People would just go, oh, yeah, whatever. Oh, this film's no good. And you say, yeah, but like, you know, when you think about it, like it's done very well. Mm. Like, and, you know, it's um, it's certainly captured a lot of people's imaginations uh, and it's filled a need of something. I mean, as we said, there's not a lot of titties in this. So you can't say no. that it's the Beach Girls. There's way more in the Beach Girls, right? So mm. yeah. we have to say that this movie's filling a need of people. And the race stuff was really good, how they... Um, did that with the anti-Semitism? Yeah, well, may- maybe explain that. 
for a little bit. Yeah. Astro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, you know, just, just, you know, have a think about what we'll talk about next. I, I do have a, quite a bit on this, this thing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So there's a, one of the subplots in the movie is uh, basically there's two characters, a, um, a kid, um, what's his name? Is it Timmy? Tom. One of them. Anyway, so there's two characters uh, and one of them uh, is, uh, you know, he's got, got it in for, oh, Tim, that's right, Tim and Brian. So Brian is a Jewish uh, Jewish kid and Tim makes some uh, derogatory slurs uh, about um, Jewish people and Brian challenges him to a, uh, a fist fight and Tim, you know, loses to him and uh, we find out that Tim's actually got a, a sort of a bigoted dad that he's been learning, uh, you know, this from. And then through a series of, um, uh, you know, uh, bonding adventures, uh, you know, Brian has Tim reinstated on the basketball team and then they are all together as a unit as they bring down bring down Porky's. Now, that is just a little bit of background. I, I got something big to say, okay? So the greatest trick the Wokesters ever pulled on us was convincing us that we are the only ones trying to make the world a better place. Do you know what I mean? Like what they want, like we've been gaslit here. Progressive folks, super progressive folks have an interest in making the past and everyone in it seem reprehensible. And they do it because of, you know, they do it. It's really simple why they do it. So the reason that people say there's more murders now than, you know, in in uh, 100 years ago or that things are terrible now that we're living in the handmaid's tale. The reason they say that is because they're fearful that we will stop pushing for change. You know what I mean? So that's what you have to remember. When someone is, whenever you say things are getting better and, and actually everyone was trying their best and we are always trying our, trying our best, that the reason they will, they'll always shut that down. So I think that there's evidence in Porky's that the filmmakers were actually attempting to tell a story about tolerance and acceptance. And I think that this is the main emotional thrust in this thread. So, so as I've said, Tim and Brian begin as enemies. Tim parrots the bigotry he learned from his biker father. He suffers humiliation uh, when Brian beats him up after school in the fight. The events all snowball. is kicked off the basketball team. Brian privately appeals to the coaches, gets him reinstated. You know, then we've got that strong, united, integrated group of friends bolstered by the smart and wily Brian, um, their new Jewish uh, uh, sort of recruit. Um, and, and that gives Tim, and, and it's Brian's actions that give Tim the courage to finally stand up to his father at the end, at the close of the film. So, and I think this may be what Venga was responding to when she said this is a proper movie. Mm. So this plot is the emotional heart of the film and I don't, and it just shouldn't be diminished, okay? Like, you mm. know, so although there wasn't the yucks that I wanted and there wasn't the, the boobies that, you know, I, I lasted after, I think this thread was outstanding. So oh, definitely. Ped- pedantic wokesters uh, will instead spend their time talking about who's not represented or who wasn't explored, but they will do this regardless of the quality or t- intentions of the films, by the way. Um, they're doing it for Hillbilly Elegy. They'll do it for Ghost in the Shell. They'll do it for In the Heights. That, you know, fil- you know the, the first and the third film that I mentioned are films that are almost entirely, you know, woke-made movies <laughs> in a way. Uh, Hillbilly Elegy, not so much because that's, that's showing the other side, but it doesn't matter, you know, to them. If you follow all their demands, they'll complain that there's no trans-owned businesses supplying the catering or whatever, okay? They don't care. So, Bob Clark and the filmmakers, I'll wrap this up, you know, uh, are the filmmakers of Porky's, 
were doing their best in 1981 to tell a fun, bawdy tale with a sneaky positive message about tolerance and integration. Um, and I think that this is a triumph of incrementalism, you know. We don't have utopia yet, despite what uh, Teen Vogue is trying to do. <laughs> um, uh, things are better today than they were yesterday, and that is the same, uh, you know, and that's the same about um, 1981. And I think that we need to stop just to finish off, I think we need to stop letting these people get away with telling us that we're living in a nightmarish hellscape when clearly you watch a movie like this and you say, a reasonable person would say, oh, they were try- I'm trying my best. They-, they were trying their best. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. I just love the way that that, that message is and that, that part of the story is told as well. It's not, uh, it, it doesn't ram it down your throat. It, mm. It's not... Um, it's not the main focus of the movie. It's just a subplot, but but a powerful one as well, and one that sort of ties um, ties the escapade together at the end, where they take down Porky's, and uh, it, it's done with uh, it's done with subtlety, but uh, it's really effective. And, and they wouldn't be able to do it without Brian. You know what Brian I mean? Brian like, was a, a legend. Right. They really wrote him well. Yeah. Um, Brian, yeah, he was he was a really great guy, a great character. Well, he, what he shows us is that uh, it doesn't matter what you say. It matters what you do. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, wokes just walk, walk around policing language, uh, whereas Brian, you know, even when he's being um, humiliated and derided and, you know, racially uh, discriminated against, mm. culturally discriminated against, he instead meets that with, with actions that completely flip the script, mm. you know? And, he and was a strong character. Absolutely. Like he wasn't weak. Yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't a victim. Not at all. No. Like when he corrects him, when he calls him a kite. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> you dumb cunt. You don't yeah. even know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nice. No, no, it's so true, you know. So I feel like, um, you know, this part of the movie, uh, resonated more with me than than everything else mm. you know and i yeah. was like so you know although i was down at, at the beginning of the review i have remembered that you know there there was actually something else going on in this film it wasn't just hijinks you know um mm. at the beach house and do you think do you think that's a key element that's made the film so successful yeah i think so because it's it's as you say subtly handled it's not um there's actually a beautiful sleight of hand going on in terms of the the the, the amount of uh, you know bawdy pranks and you know glances, you know, fleeting glances of, of nubile flesh and and you know uh, uh, bawdy jokes and whatever that we're sort of misdirected at the, and and we don't feel, that's that's great filmmaking when you don't feel that mm. you're you know that you're being uh, told a, a something a story with a little bit little bit more meaning, you know what I mean? The problem with nowadays is that, uh, you know, these group of workers would get together in the writer's room and they would start with, as I've said before, they start with their first question is, okay, what do we need to do? So you know how everyone's a big fucking fat dummy? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, racist dummy. So what do what the racist dummies need to learn today? What do the racist sexist dummies need to learn today? Okay, okay. Well, let's just start, okay. And they put a list on the board and they'd say, okay, now how do we get... Like all of this across, and then someone in the room says, "I don't know. Should we tell a Black Widow story, or should we do? How should we do it? Should we do it in Star Wars? How should we yeah. do it? You know what I mean?" And they go, "Oh well, yeah. How do we just got to pick the right one to tell these racist, fat, dummy, dickheads that I hate? 
um, you know, what they're, what, how they're the worst and I hate them, but they should do better. Like, you know, maybe we should do Black Widow. That'd be a good one. It gets Scarlet on the blower. <laughs> but you couldn't even say the words that they said. <laughs> like you couldn't no. even use the language no. at the start. No. So then how do you get around it? Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, are you talking about the the language in Porky's? Like, the, yeah, because the, the, the thing is, because because the rules that the, that the New York Times have established is that at the New York Times, if you say a racial slur, let's just and it's unfortunate. Let's just say the, the the worst one you can say. If you say, if you quote the N word, or if it sounds, if you say a word that sounds like it, they have said that intention doesn't matter. That quoting, you could be quoting literature, mm. you could be quoting. Um, Tom Sawyer or Biggie, Band. whatever doesn't doesn't matter what it is. You could be quoting it. To, you could even be quoting it in a critical way, saying, "Oh, I hate it how they say this line," and you say the line or whatever. The New York Times made it clear that if you say it, then you you are um, you're literally part of the clan. <laughs> like, like you know what I mean? Like that's that's what's going on. So, so what we have is, as you pointed out, is that the fact that you're not allowed to say. You know, not even allowed to you put the, these words in the mouth of bad people who are going to be rebuked later, or, or mm. characters who are going to learn better later. You actually get this dumbing down, mm. you know, of the of these plots because you, we lose the language, you lose the tools, and therefore we don't get to tell those stories anymore. So, what do we get instead? You know, Pitch Perfect or whatever. <laughs> you know? Five of them. <laughs> five of them. Yeah. You guys ready for some trivia? Yes, All right. So writer-director Bob Clark gathered material for the movie over a 15-year period. Uh, the story is a composite of incidents collected from the males of his generation, along with some of his own personal memories from growing up in high school. Mm. He's sharing the blame there. <laughs> oh, he is. I know. I know. He was Pee-wee. Um, as I said earlier, it's the highest-grossing movie uh, from Canada for 24 years. It held a streak. Um for many years, Howard Stern has tried to produce a reboot of the film, but was not able to find a studio to back him. Uh, he has had, uh, he has got the blessing of Bob Clark, however. So, Big man extraordinaire. Wow. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's the first movie to gross over a million pounds at the Irish box office, uh, despite having been banned initially. So a few uh, trivia points there for you. Banned for what? The Bush. Yeah. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, it would have been the sex stuff because mm. you know Irish being very Catholic and yeah conservative in that way. Eighty one. Yeah. Well, there's that funny Father Ted episode where there's like a there's a naughty movie playing in town and Ted and um, uh, Dougal have to go down and like picket it. They've been told by the higher church higher ups and they're just standing out the front with a picket and they're saying down with this sort of thing. Down with this sort of thing. They're not really <laughs> down everyone with this for the sort village. Of thing. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and and all the villagers sneaking in to see it. <laughs> I, I want I want NBA players to have that on the back of their jersey. Down with this sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Down with this sort of thing. <laughs> see, that's a social justice message that I could get behind. <laughs> Down with this sort of thing. And I'd be like, yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> uh, that's Porky's. Um, well, uh, uh, maybe we at some point we'll see. We'll maybe come back to. I think it could be funny to review the sequels at some point mm. um, because they. I actually saw the sequels. I think first. I think the first one I saw was Porky's Revenge as a kid. 
on videotape. Um, so, you know, it was um, might be good to revisit those and just to see, you know, what the deal is there. But um, I think any final oh, – well, actually, we've got a couple of final thoughts. We, we need to address the Me Too scale, firstly. Um, so remember our Me Too scale, 1 to 10. We know, we know how it goes now. 1 is, you know, just nothing to see here. 10 is – uh, you literally get, getting recorded by your model girlfriend while he's saying mad shit in the in a hotel lobby, <laughs> and then it being replayed many on, times on TMZ. On TMZ, <laughs> definitely Selling it to TMZ. <laughs> definitely on TMZ. That is where it will be. You know. Um, so give us a list of crimes here. We've got um, Wendy is past that duchy on the left hand side. Mm-hmm. Uh, peeping, uh, peeping on girls. Um, Hashtag complicit in the peeping, so they're kind of into it. Um, that's a bad message. It's saying that, you know, you should be into it. Um, I think the HR scene is is um, probably damning, but it also is coupled with the severe hatred of BBWs and <laughs> ugly women in general. Uh, or would you say aesthetically challenged? Do we not, do we not say dogs or <laughs> what do we say? We'll say dogs? pig men. So oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so, AJ, hashtag complicit. <laughs> so, have I missed out any crimes or what? Oh, Pee Wee getting Wendy at the end is... is, is oh, it's gross. They're talking her into it. They're saying, come on. Just come on, help, Wendy. Help him out. Oh, help help him out. out. Just literally have sex with this gross little weasel, oh. <laughs> you know, or we'll, we'll, we'll kick you out of the in-group. Mm. So, and there's a scene in the beginning too where the girls get get the the there's a new girl at the school and they oh, yes. get her to to ask Meat why his nickname is Meat, right? Yeah. And he said, "All right, come with me." He was going to take her to a private he location was, yeah. to show her his penis and probably attempt to assault her. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but it, was, it was all fun and games in Eisenhower's America. <laughs> yep, yep. So. I think the crimes are manifold here, but having said that, I the, the the net the net result was that I felt that I was for me it's only a six out of ten. And why why does it make it six out of ten? Well, I just felt like that the crimes were, were bad, but I thought that as I've said, its heart was in the right place in many other parts. So you know, uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. You thought it wasn't that rapey. I thought that, um, you know, you've got to break a few eggs to make an omelette. And um, I feel like, you know, uh, in order to reach a land of tolerance and, and acceptance that, you know, some people have got to get felt up is what I'm saying. <laughs> Isolate the audio. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, what are we thinking about this? Well, I, I was thinking a bit higher. I was, I was going to go probably seven. Right. Yeah, I'll pay seven. So you guys are saying that I am You're a pigman. A pigman. And that I <laughs> Well, we knew that. Stop. We knew that. We're just <laughs> we're just letting the rest of the world know. And you colluded as well. You did what Wokesters did. do now. You colluded and shamed me. You were like, oh <laughs> we think the me too scale for porkies was a seven. So and then you've already you're best friends with Ronan Farrow and you know, having a good time and you look over at me and I'm looking up and I'm like, ah, just a disgusting, sweaty, but patting down my head with a, with a, with a napkin, you know? 
<laughs> That's me too, Scale. Uh, what about final thoughts? Final thoughts. You, you, well, you loved it the most. What are your final thoughts? <laughs> okay. Enjoy life in a simpler, sillier day. Filthy but fun. Mm. That's great. great. That was good. That's good. Well, I stand by what I said. Um, you know, uh, we can make the world a better place, um, but unfortunately some BBWs and ugly women <laughs> and hot chicks are going to have to just take one for the team before we get there. Okay. <laughs> It made me remember how much I love a prank call. I really enjoyed oh, the yes. mic hunt. I um, forgot about the prank call. I really enjoyed that. So mm. enjoy a prank call and call someone <laughs> a frigid hippopotamus. You you can't do prank calls anymore with mobile phones, you know. No. Otherwise, yeah. Nobody answers their phone these days anyway. I love that Frank loved that bit the most. Ball breaker. Getting getting <laughs> Getting shooed out. Oh, he, he loved it. Frank doesn't laugh. Frank's not a laugher. Oh, and okay. he fucking lost it. That's, that is great. That's actually the highest compliment when, when people who, who sort of internalise their laugh or whatever, like, or, or don't really, you know, do it much. When they do laugh, it's it's big. It is like gold medal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? And then to pause it. Rewind it and watch it again. again. It was big. (laughs) That is the highest compliment you can give. Great stuff. All right. Well, I told our three-week cycle of heavy hitters. Next week, we're going big. Revenge of the Nerds, it's happening. Woohoo! Let's let's do it. And um, I'll tell you on the day, I'll tell you a story about how someone came over my house and critiqued the movie. Uh, More on that next week. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, uh, Don't forget to get online, YouTube, uh, like, subscribe, the whole... We're on every platform. You just put in the keywords. Don't put in Big Man. (laughs) Put in... Put in some I'm other gonna stuff. hashtag everything big man now. <laughs> put in uh-huh. new flesh or dream drive, something like that, uh, and you'll be you'll be sweet. Yeah. Think about giving us a review as well on uh, Apple Podcasts. That would be very helpful. Well, until next time, long live the new flesh. Just being a pig woman, just trying to hunt <laughs> the cock, young cock. <laughs> <laughs>